Waiting for Seconds is a podcast that talks about subjects of self-harm, suicide, eating disorders, and other personal subjects. If you don't feel comfortable listening to this podcast alone, listen to it with someone important to you. May that be a teacher, a parent figure, or someone you feel comfortable being with. Please enjoy the rest of the episode. This is Waiting for Seconds, the interview podcast where we meet people and ask them who they are and why they are. I'm your host, Shannon Miller, and I'm here with my co-host, Malcolm Elkout. And this episode's guest, we have our friend, Aaron Waskow. Today will be the first episode of many with a lovely guest. Uh, this time we'll be talking with Aaron. If you would, Aaron. Love you to introduce yourself just real quick. Hi, I'm Aaron. Uh, I am 20 years old. I was born in Colorado and I've lived here all my life with my parents and younger sister Emily, uh, who's now living in Boston. Uh, I recently adopted a kitten who's joined our family and we've had pets around for as long as I can remember. Um, and I met Malcolm in high school about six years ago. Yeah. Freshman year of high school, if I remember correctly, we, you know, never super good friends, but we worked together on a few things. You were one of the smart kids in class. So, you know, it's nice to be around you. (laughs) Um, and then more recently we reconnected over, uh, online over D and D, I think. Mm hmm. Some video games yeah. and D and I think we finally started getting closer in our sophomore year when we were both in computer science with Mr. LaFortune. Mm, yeah, that was a that was a fun class. Wait, you had a teacher named Mrs. LaFortune? Mr. Mr. His last La- name is LaFortune. Although I believe now he goes by or they go by less binary pronouns. I don't know though. They moved out of state. Oh. Uh, Okay, well, uh, Shannon, how'd you? I I met Aaron uh, through Malcolm. Uh, originally, it was just playing some, some Minecraft and uh, bullshitting and hopped on Discord and just kind of chatted a little bit. But then we got to know each other when the lovely game Among Us came out and we just kind of kind of been friends ever since. Yeah. Well, we have a couple questions here for you, Aaron, that we plan to ask. Some we discussed in the first episode, some new ones, some that we might uh, drop on you out of nowhere. All right. I guess I will do my best to improvise. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you do. Uh, Well, I think I'm just going to start with this one here. Um, You mentioned your sister uh, and, Mm -hmm. of course, your your beautiful little kitten. Uh, But. I want to know about your family just a little bit more. Uh, I want to know about, you know, often for many people, especially in, you know, films and TV and stuff like that, family can be more than blood. Uh, Have you ever found friends or mentors that you'd be willing to consider family in that same way? Uh, Yeah, probably my best friend and one I've stayed in touch with for a very long time, Aton. We met in Sunday school when I was probably in third grade, Um, and we've always been super close, Uh, and I love being over with him and his parents, and I mean, they just treat me like part of their family, and I consider them part of mine, but yeah. That is a, a very beautiful relationship right there. Yeah, I'm so blessed. I feel happy. Yeah. Good to have now, friends and family like that who are who are just so open to that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you said you met Aton in Sunday school. Uh, that's, what, like five? Hmm? Was uh, it like uh, five years old? No, for us, that was... Um, that was... Uh, 
it was at a synagogue and okay. that was in third grade when we met okay um just kind of like some torah study some other things just about judaism in general okay uh yeah well so, then go ahead so speaking of uh judaism is it do you find it to be more a you thing more personal to you because i know with my christianity it's it's more personal to me than like rather my family would you say the same is it more about you and your connection with with uh with god or is it you're just doing it because of your family or um maybe you can elaborate more on that so for me i've never really considered myself spiritual or religious um i participate in judaism and the thing that I get the most out of it is uh, the community. I love being around it, especially since so many of my experiences are tied to outdoors. Uh, when I was in elementary and middle school, I would go to uh, summer camp up in the mountains. Um, that was uh, it was a Jewish summer camp, and we would go on hikes and but also do prayer services out in the middle of the woods and all of these other mm. things that just have very nice memories for me. Um, gotcha. I suppose I don't feel especially spiritual or religious because I've always been told and taught that I need to do whatever it is myself um, and take responsibility for whatever happens kind of thing. Yeah. Um so it's hard to give that up as well as it's sometimes hard for me to consider the existence of a higher being that still allows certain things to happen. Um Yeah. And yeah. so I mean I I just kind of don't think about it, I guess, is the way I approach it. I don't say that it's there almost... is or isn't a higher being. I say that there might be and the presence of one doesn't impact my life right now so yeah that that's very very well put now so you were saying you you still celebrate it uh is it is it more natural just because since your family has done it for uh, quite a long time is it just more natural to to join them in those celebrations or yeah um I I mean it's uh it's also times to get together and to mm. frequently celebrate. Uh tomorrow is actually the biggest holiday in Judaism, Yom Kippur, which is a day of forgiveness and atonement even. Mm, um okay. And so I'll be fasting tomorrow uh as well as going to services in the morning. And then uh, most many people go to services again at night, after which you break the fast. But I'm not sure if that's in the cards for me tomorrow. Right, uh, right now, I'm, I'm just excited and happy because I feel like I am going to be able to fast tomorrow. Because with my medications, I frequently can't because I need to eat in order for me to not throw them back up. Um, mm -hmm. but with my current condition, I'm doing well enough that I think I will be able to. Um, but another interesting thing that I find about Judaism is that it is, while it's a mitzvah to fast, it is a sin to do so if that would put yourself in danger. Or, for instance, if you are pregnant and doing so might harm the well-being of the baby, you are expected not to fast. That is interesting. Mm -hmm. I've, never, I've never heard of that, huh? Yeah. It's a very... I mean, that part of that's because of the... I'm not as... I've never practiced as orthodox as some, but that's a pretty common interpretation of it, and I think that that's just super interesting. 
that seems to exemplify to me at least that community aspect of it that the ritual is great but only if it is good for you only if you can do it safely and healthily and not deprive the community of your perhaps your child's spirit mm-hmm. hmm. oh. now that's a, a very valuable tradition now you you mentioned uh medication is there uh, I know very little about it but do you have an illness or is it just uh, like yeah so my medical issues are pretty widespread and far stretched um I've got my own share of psychological things when I was little I was diagnosed with ADHD, Asperger's syndrome, and dysgraphia. Mm. Um, and around the age of 11 or maybe 12, I started having chronic pain, um, mm. which we didn't figure out the cause of until I was probably 16 or so. Um, when we found out that I have chronic Lyme disease, as well as several other co-infections that come along with it. For me, those are Babesia, Bartonellosis, and Mycoplasma. So some of those are uh, viral. I think there's one virus, two bacteria, and one of them is a parasite. Um, but the issue with these conditions is that they hide very deep into tissues and if you try to kill them off too quickly it produces what's called a Herxheimer reaction where the symptoms worsen drastically mm. uh, so treating this kind of illness is very difficult and it's a long process I've been I've been being treated for these for the past four or five years. My mom has the same kind of set of issues and yeah. she's in a similar boat. Uh, but yeah, it causes um, migrating joint pain from the Bartonella uh muscle spasms and back pain from the lime um but the other thing is a number of these conditions cause depression and anxiety so in addition to stressful circumstances in my life i'm also dealing with the physiological addition of uh depression so as such i'm on I don't know, probably 10 prescriptions. I'm taking four antibiotics right now and have been for the past several years and will continue to do so for a while. Um, and would you, would you be willing to describe how these conditions and your chronic pain has uh, affected your life? Yeah. Um. So... One of the biggest things is that um, for a while, I there, there have been periods of time when my symptoms have gone up and down. And this kind of process, growth isn't linear. It's, it's a wave. Mm -hmm. um, but there have been periods of time where I'm not able to do anything that day because I'm in too much pain. Um, where I've, um, I contemplated suicide. I used to self-harm as a way to focus and be able to drown out the rest of the pain that was just overwhelming my entire body. Um, and to deal with it, I also tried using a TENS unit constantly lidocaine patches menthol ibuprofen um whatever i could to reduce or lessen the pain um now it's 
much I'm I've grown much better at managing pain. Um, I have a high pain tolerance now because I've been dealing with this for such a long time. But now the biggest issue is the fatigue that comes on with a flare up of the Lyme, um, where I just don't have the energy to do things, which can be very difficult. Um, and unfortunately, it, if things line up poorly, for instance, I, if I'm having a flare up on the same day that I needed to refill my pill sorter, I might leave myself high and dry, in which case it's going to self-perpetuate for a little while until I get lucky enough to fix it. But it had, because of that, I had to take a break from college, and I'm still taking a break until I can get this a little bit more under control again. Mm. Um, because there were enough times where I just couldn't show up to class. Um, so... I'm taking a break from that for right now, but I'm it's it's just a process on how to live with this. I suppose part of the issue is that it's sometimes hard for me to remember and think of myself as someone with a chronic illness because due to the treatment, sometimes I feel relatively healthy and I don't feel ill and so i give my i have expectations of myself that i won't be able to meet because there are extra hurdles um yeah. and so trying to navigate through that is one of the big difficulties and hurdles i'm working on right now wow i really appreciate you being able to share that uh with us because that's it takes a lot of like uh bravery to really just push through it and push past the pain now has this uh, affected you in other ways besides schooling and has it affected your relationships in any way um definitely yeah uh i've got a number of friends who i've ghosted because i can't i can't match their energy um yeah and i see it especially with my dad right now where he wants to be he needs to be doing things at all times because for him if he's at if he's at home he's gonna sit down on the couch watch tv and eat the whole time and so to keep his weight in check and to keep himself healthy he needs to be doing something at all times of the day and if he just if he wants to do things with me he's he wants to do a number of things with me and i can't do more than one or two of those in a day um right after that i just tap out um but so it's it's a balance um cuz i thankfully my adhd medication does help with the energy issues although i need to be very careful with it because i on top of the other things i've got an issue we're trying to figure out right now where i've got a uh, chronic sinus tachycardia um so my resting heart rate is generally speaking between 100 and 120 beats per minute oh my gosh so it's just it's just juggling medications and figuring out how we can make sure my quality of life is as best as it can be. So is this something that the doctors can potentially cure, or is this just going to be with you for the, the rest of your life, as far as you know? So there is no known cure for Lyme disease or those other co-infections that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, but there is there are people who are able to go into remission. Unfortunately, I'm not at that point yet. And frankly, I it's hard to hold out hope for it, given how long I've been on antibiotics. Um yeah especially with the added risks of being on antibiotics for 
extended periods of time. Um, I I try to keep a positive outlook, but I do know that I mean I'm putting more wear on my liver, kidneys, heart, um, and intestinal tract than other people. Uh, just by the nature of there are good things in your body that you need to have, and the antibiotics can't specifically target the bad things. So I take probiotics every day to help maintain my gut environment, but that's another thing, is that if I mess up and we do these medications incorrectly, I could kill my gut environment and need to be fed through a tube for the rest of my life. Um, so. Well, I, I hope you don't mind me saying so, but that sounds stressful at the very least. Sounds like a lot to deal with. And I mean, you mentioned that you dealt with some depression and earlier. And so, I mean, clearly you, you have found ways to deal with it. Do you, would you be willing to share those with us and tell us about your experience in managing stress and stress factors. Yeah. Um. So one of the biggest things is, uh, I generally, I've conditioned myself to, for the most part, not get stressed by most things. I've given myself a kind of hands-off approach, where it's a, okay, this happened. All right, it happened. What are we going to do about it now? But not needing to worry about the fact that something is or isn't happening is convenient. It's definitely affected me negatively in the past, where, like, okay, yeah, it's coming up, or, oh, I didn't do this, oh, well, kind of thing, where the stress that, like, our bodies get stressed naturally for a reason, and if I'm suppressing that, then I'm not getting the the natural response to something that should be causing me stress. But I I guess the biggest reason why I avoid it entirely so heavily is because when I get stressed, my back spasms. And um, it starts slowly, but it pulls my spine and ribs out of place. Um, for a... Uh, period of time I was going to the chiropractor multiple times every week. Um, I've gotten pretty skilled at doing chiropractic adjustments on myself at this point, but I still go relatively regularly. Right now, um, the lady I'm seeing I go to once a month, um, but she does a much more in-depth type of chiropractic adjustment than many do. Yeah. But for stress, I I mean when I when it happens and I do experience stress that I couldn't just avoid um I mean I've gone through enough therapy programs as well as uh, for a period in high school, I went, um, my depression was bad enough that I went and stayed at an inpatient uh, facility for uh, the hospitalization kind for a bit. And then after that, I went to a residential treatment facility and I spent about seven months there. But I learned a great deal there. Um, between breathing techniques and, I mean, I can always distract myself from something easily mm -hmm. enough. Uh, I prefer to avoid doing it in that way because in order to successfully manage and move on from something, it's best to actually resolve it instead of just ignore it until it goes away. But that is something that, I mean, it's, it's a fallback. It's something that I know that I can do whenever necessary uh but breathing there's types of exercises you can do with relaxing one part of your body and then another part and another part so on and so forth um 
I've never found that stress balls or anything of that like are particularly helpful. Yeah. But um but I there's always things that you can do to help your body if you're able and willing to listen to your body enough. Mm -hmm. That's how I, interestingly, that's how I learned how to do most of the chiropractic adjustments on myself, is I listened to my body, like, okay, I, it will feel good if I do this. And it did. I'm so. very used to listening mm -hmm. to your body and knowing how it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially with the correlation between depression and Lyme disease flare-ups, it means that if I'm able to notice that slight increase or change in pain or what have you, I'll be able to notice a beginning of a change in depression or psyche uh, and being able to, because otherwise it can be hard to notice when that's happening. So learning to listen to that has been definitely one of my biggest strengths. Although it means that if I can't figure it out, it's confusing and scary because I'm so used to being able to know that. Mm. Yeah, that seems like it would be a deeply valuable asset that without it is terrifying. Well, I, I would wonder, you have expressed some... Uh, worries about the future hard to see yourself uh without lyme disease or without your coexisting illnesses um do you think you would call yourself an optimist or a pessimist uh do you believe that the world has innate good in it and things will end out well do you believe people are innately good or the other way around world is bad people might be bad hmm. That's interesting. I would think of those as two different things. Um, okay. Where, in regards to the way I view people, um, I find that goodness is... It's a lot easier to see the world if you look at goodness as something unexpected and pleasant because it's less disappointing that way. If you aren't expecting it, then it's pleasant. And if you and the people who aren't as good aren't going to make you feel let down. Uh, generally speaking, I would say I tend towards pessimism. Um, okay. But I mean, I've been I've been working on that, and so I. My natural is definitely cynical and pessimist, um, but I I try to hope is the way Expect I would put it. Expect the worst and hope for the best. It's mm -hmm. a good yeah. way to look at things. Yeah, seems a very healthy way to look at things. Now, is is this? Uh... Part of your worldview is it? Um, would you would you say that like pessimism kind of takes from your worldview about how you look at it, or is it has has it been affected by your religion or? So, guess, what do you exactly mean by worldview in this regard? Well, I try to take my uh my worldview it's it's how i've been influenced it's uh how i look with the influences around me religion um my friends my family and or even politics um for that matter and it's it's how i look at the world uh just as a whole and i guess what i'm trying to ask is like what what is like the basic way that you would call your worldview and and kind of expound uh expand upon that um so i suppose i i have two different ways i view overall 
I would consider myself an idealist. I have lots of ideas for how the world should be, how I wish it would be. Um, hmm. And in that manner, I think I share a great deal with Malcolm, uh, where I, I think that the world should have no hungry people. I think that everyone should have enough to live life happily. Mm. But in regards to any type of political beliefs, I usually steer more clear of those, given that it's always such an argument and to try and figure out the process. The process is something that is the thing that everyone gets caught up uh, on, I feel. In addition mm -hmm. to what everyone considers their ideal, um, whether it be like even the abortion debate on whether when something becomes human. It's everyone wants the best for humans, but in that instance it's a discussion of whether x week old fetus is or isn't human kind of thing um so i think that we innately all want the same thing or at least i hope that um and... we all want good but exactly what we see is good and how we get there mm -hmm. is always different yeah, my worldview, yeah. I would say, is very idealistic and uh, positive. I don't know that I act on that, given mm. that it's, like... it's a lot more difficult. It's easy to hope and imagine for something, but hard to more bring that right. into reality. Yeah. It's like you want what's best for the world even though at maybe at this moment or maybe at all you can't really help that mm. you say you generally stay out of politics uh is that reasonable to say yeah i'd say so you, uh how does that how did that originate and how does that currently happen do you try to avoid it as best you can? Do you avoid arguments as best you can? Uh, generally speaking, yeah. One of my, I guess that's partially a worldview as well, is I I try not to argue. I try and I try not to point blame at people as mm. best I can. Um, because, I mean, everyone has their own thing they're going through, and even if they don't, what does it matter to me if they don't? That unless I actively think that they're being malicious, which I there's little to no reason for almost anyone to do so, or at the very least, that's what I choose to believe. And uh, so, yeah, I try and I try and avoid arguments. Um, part of that's from stress. And part of it's just because I don't like fighting with people. Yeah. Uh, and in that way, um, that's that's definitely why I avoid politics because it is so frequently some when people are concerned about something they care about, then they act more drastically and dramatically. Mm -hmm. So it gets more heated. Uh, I'm. I, I appreciate that that worldview of avoiding fights when possible because the fight doesn't help anybody. Everybody's got their own problems, and having a fight about it just isn't going to make it better. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, with with all of that in mind, uh, with your health issues. Um, and trying to steer kind of away from politics, would where would you like to be 
in in five years uh just from now is it uh is it married is it like cured of your illnesses or uh what do you, where do you where would you like to be um so i've always had a lot of issues with this type of question because i by habit like to go through and then like i like to find the path that will take me there and mm. right now i don't have a path i i would love it if i were no longer suffering from these illnesses that would be fantastic but i don't expect it and so in five years i would like to be at a place where i have it enough under control that the fluctuations are manageable and i have systems in place to deal with that whether that ends up being that the fluctuations are still happening and they're happening badly but i'm working at a job where i can get time off for those or they aren't happening or what have you i suppose my my biggest thing is that in five years i would like to be more independent mm. um working uh living at my own place uh whether that's with roommates or otherwise and happy that's that's really the biggest thing in regards to like material needs or anything i whatever um that that is what it is um wherever that lines up it's hard for me to look at it sometimes because i don't know how the path will look especially given for instance after i leave my parents i'm gonna need to be paying for all of these prescriptions as well as i'm on a low inflammation diet so i avoid sugars gluten uh i'm supposed to avoid dairy i haven't been doing that but i'm probably going to move back towards that relatively soon um and then if i were to go a couple steps further it would be nightshades grains um but all of these end up adding up to a higher cost of living which can be concerning when i try and think about how i'm going to make it all work so right now i avoid thinking about how i'll make it all work and instead say i want to aim to be feeling happy and healthy enough in five years i really respect that i i i always look at it almost always look at it with the material thing a wife a family a better job who knows what but it's it, it was very well put that just as simple as it can be healthy and happy in the next five years. Now, you you were also mentioning a, like a stable job. Now, have you had any uh, other jobs Have you like that you've tried to really work at or just because um, of your health it just affected you and you couldn't do it? So I have. I worked at um, King Supers for a while, uh, and I stopped for I don't remember why. Oh, um, they were treating me poorly, and I talked to them about. Uh, at that point in time, I needed to have one Monday off every month to go and see my. Uh, Lyme doctor, um, mm. who I'm lucky to have a one of the best specialists in the world for Lyme disease in Colorado, but it's a bit of a drive. And they, even though we talked about this when they hired me, they continually failed to provide me with that day off and said, oh, well, if you can find someone to cover your shift. Um, and eventually I said, no, my health is a priority over yeah the way you treat me and so i left um i've one thing i've considered is 
uh, I could be doing work on Fiverr or something else. I've got lots of skills in computer science as well as computer-aided design is one of my biggest passions. I did it all throughout high school, and it's ultimately what made me decide that I wanted to go towards mechanical engineering. Um, although, ever since I was little, I'd said I wanted to be an inventor. Uh, <laughs> and the title has just changed over time as I figured uh -huh. out what fits that description more. Right. Um, but I... In high school, I got my associates and then immediately after my professional level certifications with the most widely used software in the industry's SOLIDWORKS. Uh, and I was working towards getting my expert. I took a bit of a break because the licensing is incredibly expensive. And mm. while I was in college, I didn't need to do that or have the time to be working on that in addition to my other classes. Uh, but because I learned so quickly, I feel confident that I could do a number of other IT or computer-related jobs, because um, that's been another one of my passions. It's just a process of finding a place and then actually making that first step that I've been putting off for so long. Um, but so I don't know exactly what the stable job that I'm looking to have in five years is. It mm. could be I'm working somewhere temporarily while I'm still in college because I've gone back or I've gotten gone back and completed college already and I'm working as a mechanical engineer or biomedical engineer, or I decided I wanted to keep going and I'm going for my master's degree or any number of things. So I know mm -hmm. that I've got a lot of paths that I can choose to take. And I also know that Right now, the important thing isn't deciding on what path I'm going to be on in five years. It's taking steps that will allow me to go down those paths. Because hmm. wow. if I try and force myself to decide, I'll sit here worrying and debating between all of them. And I don't yeah. have enough information to do that yet. <laughs> so. I want to ask you, we've talked quite a bit about... Uh your past few years with your uh, Lyme disease and now the future, but I'd like to know a little bit more about the younger years. Uh, your, before you had Lyme disease, before your chronic pain started, uh, how would you describe your childhood uh, with your, your sibling and your pets? Um... It, was it a good childhood? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, I mean, we were catered to. My mom always drove us. Now I can't imagine why, but she would drive us 40 minutes to school. And my dad worked frequently 70 hours a week. Um, he's a he's a veterinarian. He's retired now. He's uh actually exactly 33 years older than I am. Uh, yeah. We have the same birthday. Um, hmm. But, I mean, it was always fun. We never, for when I remember, we never had, like, missing wants or needs. Um, hmm. And I suppose I had a number of difficulties with I struggled to fit in and figure out how that was supposed to work at school. Uh, my sister and I went to Challenge School, which was a magnet school for gifted um, in the Cherry Creek School District. And I thrived there. The biggest thing was that you could go at much more of your own pace. And so I was taking classes that I would then 
relearn in my senior year of high school, for instance, which <laughs> I always laugh about. I'm like, really? <laughs> this is what you're teaching me now, as if I didn't learn that then. Um, and I mean, it was then that my sister and I started to kind of distinguish ourselves from each other a bit more. Um, I am much more innately and naturally gifted than her. Um, my IQ is 147. Uh, yep. and I learn very quickly. Uh, but she, she had always been, I had outshadowed her, but she always worked so much harder. And she has continued to do that with amounts of effort I've never been able to match. Not to say she was a not smart child, of course. She wouldn't have gotten into this school if she weren't. Uh, and she was always brighter than most of the people around her. And she also thrived there. And now more recently, uh, she's now 19 as of a couple weeks ago. Uh, and last year... While she was 18, she graduated with her bachelor's uh, from wow. uh, Goucher University. Yeah, or Goucher College, I think, out in Baltimore um, in neuropsychology. Oh, And wow. she's still in Baltimore, you said? Uh, she came back and stayed with us for a couple months. Um, and now she's moved out to Boston, uh, working with, on a research team with the Veterans Association for Alzheimer's. Wow. Um, yeah. That's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, while we were little, I definitely was the one outshining her, and now I can't even compare, and I'm... <laughs> Just so proud of her. I'll say I don't think there are many people who can compare. That is a extremely impressive thing to do. I mean, getting your bachelor's at eighteen. Yeah, that, it's nuts. that's uh, that's with a four point oh, mind you. She also oh, right. is their valedictorian. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. It <laughs> three years younger like, than most right. of the other students. Uh. Three years? No, she she was probably four for most, at least for most of them. Yeah, because wow. there's a number of high school seniors who are eighteen. Yeah, right. Man, just nutty. I can't. <laughs> I'm just so proud of her, and yeah, she's working multiple jobs now, just partially because living in Boston is in the city is expensive mm -hmm. even right. with a roommate and partially because much like my dad she needs to be staying busy yeah like she she would study nine hours a day then work and then go to classes and then go hang out with friends and go drinking or something and like how do you manage to fit that much time in a day it Dr just baffles dr me drinking uh, yeah, legally, right? Uh, yeah, I wish. Yeah. It it she she went to college. She got the college experience. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So my sweet uh twenty two year old, not nineteen, yes, twenty two year old. That's sister. right. Wink. Uh huh. Yep. I'm super pleased about that. Uh, we saw some pictures of the of her apartment, and she's got a. A poster, a mixing guide poster on one of her walls in the kitchen. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> my sweet, sweet little sister. Oh man. Not. Uh, oh well. She manages herself responsibly enough that mm -hmm. not much need for worry there. Um, I'd like to ask you, and it's come up a couple of times. Your Lyme disease, your IQ, your, uh, you know, trouble with illnesses and mental illnesses, um, often debated, often talked about is the idea of nature versus nurture. 
uh, whether the circumstances one is born with are more important or the circumstance one grows up in and exists in are more important. Um, yeah. So for my, for me, I think that the nature has a definitive impact. Um, just the, some people will grow up to be taller better looking, what have you. And those mm. things aren't going to be changed. But, and I think this is the most, like, just as I was talking about, actually, where I was born in a number of ways much more gifted than my sister was. But her effort led her to beat me out of college by a long shot. And to be so much more successful than I am. Um, so in that regard, I think that nurture is such a more significant aspect in someone's life. Because what are we, if not our collection of memories and experiences and thoughts? Um, additionally, I don't, while there's no good way to prove or disprove how much of you is determined from birth, I like to think of it as all the individual's own personal achievements. I don't like to leave that opportunity to discredit someone by saying, oh, well, they were just born with it better than me. That has always seemed like an excuse to me. Um, hmm. So, well, I know that nature has an, a significant impact, especially in a number of people's lives. Um, it Nurture is more important in defining who you are as a human. Wow. Well, Actions speak much. louder than words. Yeah. Actions do speak louder than words. Well, that was that was a great question to to finish off of, and uh, I want to just say thank you again for being able to open up uh, to to us, and so we could understand how your life works and who you are as a person. Uh, so. Uh, final time, I just wanted to say thank you, and I, I imagine Malcolm feels the same way. Yeah, we really appreciate you being here. Thank you, I love the opportunity. And so, looking forward to future episodes. Yeah. Alright, thank you guys so much for listening to Waiting for Seconds. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. 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 Thank you.